welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. You can open your Bibles to Genesis, which is the first book in the Bible. Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 3, I'm excited to continue this series called Kingdom Culture. Kingdom Culture. Did you know we are not waiting for the kingdom of God to come to earth, but the kingdom has come. Do we believe it? Anybody here tonight believe it? 4 p.m., we're about to do this thing. I'm going to do the best I can, but we've been talking about uh, different subjects. We've been following this book, 10 Qualities Moving Us from a Believer to a Disciple. 10 different qualities, 10 different subjects. If you remember, Pastor Rob talked about one of the, one of the qualities or behaviors of a, a disciple, a Christ follower, is that we're passionately committed to Jesus Christ. Anybody tonight, you're passionate about Jesus Christ. We're going to do a little back and forth tonight, so it's going to be fun. We had another week, if you remember, uh, we had uh, some of the young communicators preaching about serving. And the kingdom of God is backwards than this world. If you want to be great in this world, Jesus said, then you become the least of all. Let's be the servant of all. Let's serve some people. Anybody love serving people? Some good golf claps tonight. This is great. This is great. Uh, last week, Pastor Rob talked about generosity, talked about that the mark of a disciple, the mark of a, a Christ follower is that we would be generous with everything, our finances, with our words, with our energy, our time. Really, when we're a disciple, we've given Jesus Christ our entire life, every ounce of our being. And tonight, continuing the series, we're talking about the fact that we as disciples are governed, ready for this? We're governed by the authority of the word of God. Governed by the authority of the word of God. Whose authority are you living your life by? Is it your own authority? Is it what people have told you and how to live and how to act and who you are? Is it some other religion or belief system or framework? Or is your life and your eternity based on the fact that you are following the authority of the word of God. And that's the question tonight. We've been talking about this kingdom culture and why does it even matter? Why does it, why does it matter that we would talk about what it's like to be in the kingdom of God? Because qualities are kind of like behaviors and follow me for a second. Qualities are like behaviors and when we talk about the, the, the free gift of salvation and forgiveness of our sin, the, the, uh, 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 the everlasting grace of God that no matter when we're Christ followers, no matter what we do, no matter where we go, we can be forgiven. We can be set free. We can be made new. The grace of God is an amazing thing, but we're talking about behaviors. Why would we spend 10 weeks over the summer talking about behaviors when we have the grace of God? But to understand Kingdom culture, we need to understand the story of God, the story of God. And I was going to have a diagram tonight, but it felt a little academic, so I said, we're not doing it. But go with me for a second. Go with me for a second. Here's the story of God in a brief, brief, brief synopsis, all right? 
And it's all in the Bible. It's all recorded in the Bible. But God, it starts at creation. God created the heavens and the earth, the universe. He created everything. And think about it like this. We're going to do a Venn diagram. You know where the circle, the two, you got two circles and they overlap. Let's look at this first circle that's over here. It's a big old circle. God created this world that we live in. And it was perfect. And in just a moment, we're going to read in Genesis chapter 2, chapter 3 of what happened. The fall of man. He created this world and it was an amazing thing. But the fall of man, the sin that entered the world through Adam and Eve and all of us today has cracked this world. And so think about this circle with a big old crack in it. And we separated ourselves from God. Sometimes when we ask the question, why do bad things happen in this world? Painful things happen. Is God punishing us? The reality is that as human beings, we're punishing ourselves because of our decisions and our sin. The fractured world is not because God created it that way, but it's because of our sin that entered this world. We're going to read about it in a second. But God is a good God. He's a good God. And so he sent his one and only son. Here comes the next circle, which is with Jesus, the kingdom of God. Jesus came not just to wipe away our sin, but to establish his kingdom here on earth. He prayed on earth as it is in heaven. When we're Christ followers, we're not waiting for the kingdom. We're not waiting for this move of God. We believe the kingdom is here and we as the church of Jesus Christ are a move of God. Anybody believe it? We are. And so Jesus comes and he's the second circle and he's perfect. And he crosses over this fractured world and he lived on this planet. And the culmination of what he was doing was he died on the cross after living a perfect life. And he ascended back to the father. And he didn't just leave us alone. He said, you will build my church and you will do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our job on this planet is living between those two circles and to expand the middle more and more and more. Our job is to reach more people for the kingdom of God, to see this fractured world less fractured, to see more people go from death to life, to see their sins forgiven, to see their chains fall off, to see their burdens lifted in a miraculous way. We have a job to do and that's why kingdom culture matters there is a day coming in the story of God where Jesus will split the sky again he's coming back anybody believe that Jesus is coming back and there will be new heavens and a new earth and it will be perfect as it was in the beginning this is the story of God but we have a part to play and it is to expand the middle to reach more people. And that's why we don't just get forgiven of our sins and live how we were living. Behavior matters. We gotta live different. We gotta look different. Jesus said that we should be salt and light. Salt and light. Why do we live in the world and the world is not, doesn't seem to be looking to Jesus for the answers? It's not because there's something wrong with Jesus. I wonder if we've lost a little bit of salt and light. Some of what I'm sharing, I just heard a pastor in England, his name's Robbie Lewis, and he did an amazing job talking about the kingdom of God. 
But moving forward, we look at the fall of man. And tonight we're talking about that we are governed by the word of God, the word of God. This is how we live our life. No matter how we feel, no matter our emotion, no matter our dreams, no matter what we feel like should be logical and make sense to us, we are governed by the word of God. And so let's go to Genesis chapter two. Everybody doing all right? Genesis chapter two, 15 through 17. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, this is the word of God to Adam saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Over in Genesis chapter three, verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did, you, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And that, that question, that question is not just relevant to them in that time that put a fork in their road, but that question is asked to you today and every day of your life. Did God really tell you to do that? Did he really say you couldn't eat of that? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened. I find it funny that there's a half truth and how the enemy tries to attack us, tries to destroy our path in this life. Because he said, your eyes will be open. And that's exactly what happened. But he didn't say what they'd be open to. Their eyes were open and they knew they were naked. It was shame. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, which had happened time and time again. If you remember, Adam would walk with God. He walked with them in the cool of the day and it was about to happen again. They heard God coming, but their reaction because of this sin and disobedience was a little bit different. They heard the sound and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I wonder if there's any believers here, Adam and Eve, they had been in relationship with God and now they are reacting a different way. I wonder if there's any believers in the room where you've acted in a way that you know is contrary to what God has called you or asked you to do and you have a nervousness now in the presence of God. There's a nervousness to explore things in our lives because we know we're, we're, we want to do something else or we have done something else. We've done something contrary to the word of God and now we hide in shame. We feel this pain. We, God doesn't put distance between us. He showed up again, but we put distance between us and God. I want to tell anybody here today, whether you live for Jesus or not, that God wants to be in relationship with you. He has love and forgiveness in his eyes. He wants to restore what's been broken. He wants to heal what's been fractured. This is the countenance of our God. But the Lord, call, the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? 
And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid for the first time, afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the man said, the woman who gave, who you gave me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. This is the fall of man. The title of the message tonight is whose word has your allegiance? Whose word has your allegiance? Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you just one more time for this moment in time. And I pray that you would speak to each and every person here tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. Illuminate within us areas of our life where we've given our allegiance to somebody else. And I pray that you would redirect us by your love and by your grace that everybody here tonight would re-up on their allegiance to you, Jesus Christ. You are our king and we live in your kingdom. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. I grew up as a church kid. We got any church kids in the house? Just raise your hand. If you grew up in the church, just raise your hand nice and high like you liked it. All right. So I grew up in the church and, and there's some songs that we used to sing that were like, 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 I don't know why kids are singing these songs. And, and I look back and it was like, what kind of songs were we singing back then? But it was, but it was kind of fun, you know, as a kid. If you remember, we, we sang, I know, it may not be a kid's song, but we sang the song, Awesome God. Anybody remember Awesome God? Our God is an awesome God, he reigns. You know what? All right, you don't have to keep singing it. Just calm down. You remember, remember the verse in that song? Thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. Like, what are we talking about? This is crazy. Our God is, and then, then it goes beyond. It's like, the Lord, he wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for, it's like too many words. There's too many words in this song. We're children. We can't sing this. This is crazy. You remember Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father. What about the ch little girl children that are singing this song? It's just because I'm one of them. And so like, it's, it's just confusing. My dad's name is Douglas, not Abraham. I don't know what's happening in the song. Right arm. Am I right? <laughs> we sang some songs. The worst ones were the ones where you had to spell because we're children, okay? So if you remember, I am a C, I am a C-H. I couldn't go beyond there because I didn't know how to spell Christian or any of the other words that would come down the track. It's the most complicated children's song we ever sang in church. There's another song, if you remember it, sing it with me. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone, word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I love those lyrics. Listen, I love those lyrics. I stand alone on the word of God. We sang some crazy songs growing up, but we sang one about the Bible, the word of God. And we need some, uh, not just believers that are good with following the word of God when it feels good, but following the word of God with their entire life, with their family, with their dreams, with their passions. Even if they're standing alone, we stand on the word of God. We might've sung some crazy songs, but that's a good one. We need to stand on the word of God. Tonight I'm asking three questions, myself, but everybody here, we can ask these three questions tonight. The first question, do I believe that the word of God is worthy of my allegiance? 
You can write it down. Do I believe that the word of God is worthy of my allegiance? If you're following along in the book, they give some great history and examples of why the Bible is true and why it's the word of God. And you should follow along with that. There's another book called The Problem of God. Another book called The Case for Christ. You can follow along in there just learning about why the Bible is true, it's accurate, it's the word of God, and it's worth giving, basing your eternity off of. We believe it. But does the Bible, the word of God, have my allegiance? We've got to figure out what is the word of God. It's not just the Bible. We see this in the Bible. The phrase the word of God can be understood in a variety of different ways. In the beginning, we, we see anything that God was directly speaking about. When he, when he spoke in the Bible, obviously that's the word of God. When you speak, it's your words. When God speaks in the Bible, it's his word. God would speak through the prophets, chosen people, full of the Holy Spirit. And when they would speak, they would speak the word of God to God's people. The New Testament apostles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 13 says this. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Not just the New Testament apostles, but Jesus himself. Everything Jesus spoke was the word of God because Jesus is God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. It's funny that when, when Jesus was on the earth, he never said, and this is what the Lord says, he said, I tell you, which is boss. I mean, that's a, that's a good way to. The prophets would say, this is what the Lord says. The Lord has said, the Lord's revealed to me. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. And then we look at the Bible, the word of God. And, and maybe that's what you were drawn to the first time when we're talking about the word of God, the Bible. And the Bible is the word of God. Second Timothy chapter three, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, a right way of living, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. But God's word is also through the Holy Spirit. Today, today what we live in today is you can be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never lead you in a way or speak to you in a way that would contradict the word of God, the Bible. So you can get the word of God from the Holy Spirit, but it better line up with the word of God, the Bible. John chapter 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He will teach you in all things and bring to your remembrance. I think it was Paul that said, I learned everything from the Holy Spirit. Learned everything from the Holy Spirit. I remember my, my older brothers adopted from Guatemala. My parents, um, they decided to adopt after miscarrying their first child. Uh, and so they, at 22 years old, flew to Guatemala to adopt my brother. And I just think about 22-year-old married couple 
flying across the world to go pick up their first child and raise him. I remember my mom stating, I learned how to raise Kyle, my older brother. I learned, I learned by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit taught me what to do. If you're a mom, if you're a dad, whatever you may be, you can be taught by the Holy Spirit. If you're a businessman, businesswoman, if you have a craft, a trade, you want to be excellent, you can also, you can go to school, you can read books, you can be taught by the Holy Spirit. Matthew McPherson started McPherson Bows. He had a dream from God in the design of the bow that has now made so much money. And then he's given that money to expand the kingdom of God. You can get the word of God from the Holy Spirit. He can teach you. There's questions you have about life. There's questions you have about the way to live, about the way to go, about how to deal with the internal feeling that you're having. Maybe it's, maybe it's anger that you're processing or worry or anxiety or depression, something, and you're saying, how can I do? You can get the word of God from the Holy Spirit. But does the word of God in all those different forms, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself is the word. Does the word of God have your allegiance? It's a good question to ask. The second question tonight, is do I believe that living by the word of God will produce a richer, deeper, more satisfying, more fulfilling life? Do I believe it? You gotta ask yourself that right now. Do I believe that if I live by the word of God, no matter what it says, because it is the word of God, when I read the Bible, if I follow that, is it going to produce within me a richer, deeper, more satisfying, more fulfilling, throw in adventurous, thrilling life? I believe that. I believe that. The word is powerful. The word of God created the universe. John actually tells us that Jesus is the word. And so the word that God used to create the universe was Jesus himself. Jesus was at the beginning creating the universe. The word of God is what holds this whole thing together. The word of God created you and holds you together right now in your seat. It's holding you together. John chapter 15, five through eight says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Jesus again is the word and he's speaking. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch that withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into a fire and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Joshua chapter one, it's a lot of scripture, but it's good to throw in some scripture when you're talking about the word of God. Cool. Joshua chapter one, verses eight and nine. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you can be careful to do according to all that is written in it talking about kingdom behavior. Careful to do what's written in it. Careful to do, it's behavior. When you give Jesus, when you make him the Lord of your life, you give him your life, you adopt a new, you are, you've changed citizenships. In the second century, it's recorded by a pagan, a non-believer, about the difference of of the church of Jesus Christ. What's the difference? Like, why are they different than everybody else? And there was two things that were recorded. This is in the book called Faith and Politics. In the second century, a non-believer wrote, here's what I see the difference is about the church of Jesus Christ. They are of a new citizenship. They're in a new kingdom. They have a new ruler of their life. 
It's evident. They talk about it. It's coming out of their mouth. They talk, they're, they're talk like they're crazy. They're of a new kingdom. And they think it's real. They're talking about the church of Jesus Christ. The way that you talk, the way that you think, the way that you present yourself, the way that you go in and out of your day. Are you in a new citizenship? Are you in a new kingdom? Is Jesus Christ your king? The first one, new citizenship. The second one is behavior. They act different. They're acting different. It's different. It's different. It goes on to say that a very small church, small church, was providing financially and feeding over a thousand people on the street. This church had gathered, small church, and they were providing for over a thousand people on the street. There's a behavior that's different. We don't just get our sins forgiven and live how we want to live. We get our sins forgiven and then we change our behavior to be more like Christ. Every single day of our life is to be more like Jesus. More like Jesus because we're expanding the middle. We got to reach more people until Jesus comes back. We got to reach more people. That's what this is all about. We're not here just to scratch each other's backs and to high five each other. We're here to reach lost people for Jesus Christ. This is our mission on planet earth, but you're not going to do it unless you're salt and light. You're not going to do it if you act the way the world acts. You got to act different. You got to act and talk like a Christ follower. And the Holy Spirit will lead you how to live. Last question. Question number three. Is my initial response, is my reaction to the word of God, when I hear what God's asking me to do through Bible reading and through our soap devotionals every single day that we do through our River Valley app, when I hear the word of God and what he's telling me to do through the Holy Spirit, a prompting, or when somebody speaks a prophetic word into my life and, and, I, and I talk to a mentor, talk to somebody, and I confirm this word in my life. When I get the word of God, however may it come, is my initial reaction obedience. And honestly, writing this message was ripping me up this week because I'm, I think about the things that I've missed. And I can look back on my life and I know I'm forgiven. And it's not something that I'm bound by. But there is a level of me that has concern with how I've lived my life and I've missed at times what God has told me to do. And I was at a funeral yesterday. Somebody that went too soon. And hearing the story about how she lived her life full of boldness and courageousness and and living by the word of God and, and not backing down. And she was strong. She was amazing. And I don't want to live this life based on comfort. I don't want to live it based on convenience. Christ followers, we are people of conviction, not of our own comfort or convenience. We are people of faith, not based on our feelings. Otherwise, we're just going to blow like the wind back and forth. We need to be anchored in the Word of God. I stand alone on the Word of God. I wonder if you could ask Pastor Robin Becca. Did you feel like putting $100,000 on your credit cards to start River Valley Church? Did that like feel like the, right? Like, did you feel good about that? That was like the dream to do that? No way. The only reason they did that is because they felt called to plant a church and they couldn't get the funding from other churches. The bank said no. So they said, we've heard the word from God to start a church almost 25 years ago that now has 10,000 people in weekly attendance over nine locations that over the last five years has given $25 million to missions. They, it's not because they felt good about it. They were called by the word of God in their life to start a church. I wonder if you could ask some heroes in the Bible. Hey, Daniel, did you feel good 
putting yourself out there praying when it was against the law and you're going to be thrown in a lion's den? Like, is that what you were feeling? No, it's what I'm called to do. So I'm going to do what I'm called to do. Whatever the word of God says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to meditate day and night. I'm going to do it out in the open. And God delivered him from the lion's den. This is a more adventurous life, by the way. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? If we could ask those guys, hey, did it feel good standing when everybody else was kneeling and you knew you are going to get thrown into the fiery furnace? That's what you felt led to do just in your own strength, all that? No, we were led by the Lord. We knew the word of God. We're standing alone on the word of God and we get, even if he doesn't show up, we'll burn, we'll burn. How about we live like that in 2019? Where are the believers, the disciples that say, I'm standing on the word of God, no matter what he says. Oh, I don't know if I should live in that neighborhood. It feels a little dicey. How about you move to the neighborhood if God tells you to move to the neighborhood? I don't know if I should quit my job. I'm a little bit nervous about finances. How about if God tells you to quit the job, quit the job. He'll provide trust in the word of God. Esther, what a hero. It feel good going before the king, knowing that he has the power to kill you if he doesn't want to see you at that moment in time. But for such a time as this, she goes and she saves not only herself, but all of God's people, the nation of Israel. She saves them. This is the fulfilling life that we should live. And it's by the word of God. You need to get passionate about the word of God. You need to get hungry for the word of God. I'm talking about daily. Nothing's changed my life more than the word of God. I grew up in a Christian home. We learned all those crazy songs. But until I was 18, I had never read the Bible more than five days in a row on my own. It's crazy. I had never decided in my own heart. And we got Aspen right here. She read the entire Bible in January. Give it up for Aspen. I'm just telling you, my life was changed when I had a conviction that I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be in the word of God every single day. And if I miss a day, I'm not missing two. And if I miss two, I'm not missing three because God's not beating me down. He's picking me up. Get back into it. The way the kingdom works is upside down. You wanna get hungry for the word of God? You wanna live your life by the word of God? Don't starve yourself of it. You wanna get hungry physically? How about you skip a meal? Just skip a meal, two meals, whatever. You're gonna feel like I'm starving. I'm gonna die. That's how you get hungry physically. Physically, if you want to get hungry spiritually, you don't starve yourself. You eat and you eat and you eat. That's why showing up to church matters. That's why getting in a life group matters. That's why serving around other believers matters. That's why reading your Bible every single day matters because you want to get hungry for the word of God. You're lacking a little bit of hunger. You got to eat and you got to eat the word of God. Read it every single day. We got to eagerly desire the presence of God because when I'm not living it, when I'm not doing it, when I'm going my own way, I respond just like our ancestors, Adam and Eve. They did the wrong thing and the Lord God came to walk with them in the cool of the day and I don't want the presence of God to show up and me be afraid of it. I want the presence of God to show up. And even if I made a mistake, I want to run to him. I want to be with him. I want to be surrounded. By the way, Jesus is the word and the word of God. So when you read the word of God, you are with God. Get around God. Just get around him. Don't stray from him. We got a job to do, church of Jesus Christ, and it's to expand the middle. I'm doing a lot of yelling, but it's because my spirit needs it. You miss a day, don't miss two. You miss two, don't miss three. Know that God's the great head lifter. He's not the great hammer dropper. 
He wants to pick you up. He wants to pick you up. We got a job to do. And you need to be in the word of God and led by the word of God. You need to give your allegiance to the word of God and you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit who will give you the word of God to do exactly what you're called to do and created to do on this planet. So Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for leading us. We thank you for being with us. Show us in our life again where our allegiance has strayed from you. Let's not be afraid of where we've fallen short and we're nervous to talk about it. We don't need to be nervous in front of you, in your presence. So show us where our allegiance has gone astray. And today we declare that our allegiance, we are governed by the authority of the word of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.